Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. Hiring is a team effort. Treat it as such. And this is another one that I think some people are really great at and other ones don't think about it and go ahead and hire people in a silo. And I just think like that that just never works well, regardless of any company, any role, et cetera. You are not the master of all interviews ever. And every person has a blind spot. So that's a little mm-hmm. bit of my soapbox on that. Um, but honestly, we talk a lot about culture. And I think that what happens, especially if you're the type of person that isn't hiring for aptitude and you're looking to just fill a skill set, then a lot of the stuff we're talking about here gets discounted. And so you are of the mindset that, well, they have experience and they can do the job. And so what else is there? And I've seen that happen a mm-hmm. lot of times versus the opposite, which is they're going to be working, whether you're virtual or not right now, side by side, in air quotes or not, with all these other people that are part of the team. So to not have other people interview this person, I think, just sets up both you, the new candidate, and the team for a lot of, if not failure, than just work that is unnecessary, I guess I would say. And really specifically, I mean, I worked at an agency where my counterpart and I were in every single interview once someone got to a certain level of consideration, right? So they probably, again, they'd done their resume, they'd been in, they'd probably been in for one or two interviews at this point with other people. And we were really what you would call the gatekeepers of the culture. We also were notoriously pretty tough and straightforward in interviews. So, of course, depending on the level that the person was coming in, we weren't going to, you know, beat up an intern or anything like that. But the idea was, Could they hold their own in the situation in the way that we believed our culture needed to be upheld? And that was stuff like being a self-starter, creative problem solving, being able to get stuff to a point without direction, not just sitting Mm -hmm. on your hands. Right. And we were the leaders of all of the accounts. Right. So we kind of split the accounts between the two of us. And, you know, no matter whether you were behind the scenes or on the front lines, serving the clients was our role. And so it was important to us that the person fit and be able to do their job. Sure. But it was more like, are they going to work well with the teams when we're at the clients or are they going to be a distraction? You know, all of that kind of stuff. And so when they got through that one, if they did, then it was essentially like, okay, they're good to go. Or we were kind of like that last gate before, you know, what is it? The monopoly $200 in Pasco or not. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of the reference we had. Um, Now, on the other side of this, though, I would say don't feel like every single person needs to meet this person unless you're like a tiny team. Right. If your company is like four or five people, then, yes, they should probably meet everyone in the company, even if it's just for a five minute. Hey, you know, Um, but this is also where and I said before about time. Right. You can spend a lot more time than necessary with candidates and interviews. Um, make sure you have your bases covered when it comes to the people that are doing the interview, but don't feel like every single person on your team needs to have an hour interview with the person, right? Mm -hmm. You can pop all your people in for the last 20 minutes and have them get a sense of who this person is. I also think it's just plain mean when interviews are like four hours long and it's just a revolving door every 30 minutes of people. I don't care how charismatic you are or how personable you are or how extroverted you are. That is painful because you start forgetting what you said to someone else. 
mm-hmm. and it almost becomes like a mind game like oh shoot did i already tell them this or was that the last person so be respectful of the candidate be respectful of your team get the right people in the room but don't make everyone go through the entire interview process and then also when you're asking people to participate make sure you ask them for feedback take time to internalize it and then decide whether or not you're going to act against it right so for that whole thing with the the culture police right we kind of gained the reputation of okay, they have a track record now, right? Like there were people that came through and they were like, I don't think so. And we brought them in and it didn't work out. And so then that became our role versus sometimes you're going to just have people that maybe don't like each other or their personalities are just really different. If they have to work together side by side every day, then you might take that into consideration. If it's the boss of another team who really isn't going to cross any paths with your team, you know, then listen to that type of feedback with a grain of salt, right? They can be, they can have the aptitude, they can be highly qualified, qualified. But if something's rubbing the wrong way, that's just a personality thing, that might not be something that you take into consideration. Yeah. And at PNG, we managed it two different ways. One is we always had panel interviews that did not include the hiring manager. Yes. Right. So yep. it was usually like three, maybe four people, um, sometimes within function, sometimes outside of function, sometimes within the actual um, category, sometimes outside the category, that we're able to assess the candidate. Because sometimes as as a hiring manager, you kind of start falling in love with some of the candidates, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and as you talked about blind spots, sometimes you get a blind spot to whether or not they really are a good candidate versus- You just like them as people. You just like yep. them as people, right? You go out and have a drink with them, but maybe they're not maybe the, the best fit. So I always relied a lot on that panel interview to be like, okay, is there anything that I overlooked, anything I missed? Is there anything I'm being too critical on that you guys didn't see the same way? All of those things. But then as well as our culture police were a little bit more, I guess, a little less defined. But in the case to really see if there were going to be a good fit for the culture, we would do dinners the night before, Mm. lunches that day. Um, We called them project discussions as well. So they would meet with other people within the organization where the hiring manager was not a part of it. So they can kind of see, hey, is this person going to be able to jive with the rest of the team? And that feedback was given back to the hiring manager to say, yeah, you know, they were they were good. They kind of fit. They were able to talk. They seemed like they had a good spirit about them, those sorts of things. They asked really good questions um, or not, you know, yeah. um, and it wasn't meant to try to, like, be manipulative of the candidate. But, I mean, just as a candidate, realize anybody you're talking to is an interview, whether it's formal or informal. Uh-huh. It is a level of interview. So you always have to be on your A game. When you're going and you're doing these things in order to make sure that you are constantly and consistently representing yourself throughout the whole entire process. I always thought about like keeping on your game face and remembering it's a first impression situation regardless. Like on the candidate side, I think it is important even if you get comfortable to the opposite of your hiring manager just liking somebody, right? Like it's great if you feel comfortable and you're like, yeah, this is going well. I'm really excited. But there's also like the fall off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just be careful. Yeah. Especially in meals and all of that kind of stuff. Don't just, get overly familiar. Yeah. We've had that conversation before. Yes. The two drink maximum, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Take that into consideration. <laughs> all right. Point number four. Use the offer as a final confirmation, Anne. Yeah, so a lot of people tap out here. They're like, hey, great. The hard work's done. We have our candidate. They like us. We like them. Hey, this is great. But again, it's 
not really over yet, right? Because you still have a very important point to go through, which is you have to give the candidate the offer. They have to accept the offer, right? And so that in itself becomes something to evaluate. And that really comes down to negotiation, right? And these are some really important things to consider and how they handle themselves is a really important thing to consider because it's going to set up the, the framework for how they're going to engage, especially when there's something maybe somewhat contentious on the line or somewhat controversial on the line. So you're going to get a, a little bit of a view into how they might handle themselves. Yep. Right. So, you know, are they really outlandish in their ask? Um, We're seeing a lot of that right now because of the lean work environments. People are really taking advantage of that and are coming in with outrageous offers, which Mm -hmm. just means they think a whole lot of themselves. They're overvaluing themselves and they're not being representative of what the industry is actually offering. That's generally a, a red flag right there. And it comes across really tone deaf. It's so it so does. It so does. And people actually share that. So. The first thing people will do for those of you guys who have tried to use this is they will check with the industry mm-hmm. and say, is this way higher than what you're paying? They'll go to their networks and then you kind of get a little bit of a black ball. Yep. Right. Because they will share your name. It's yep. like this candidate is asking for this. Can you believe it? I, it happens. I'm telling you it happens. All right. So also, are they able to assert themselves and really stand up for themselves? This is a really important characteristic. But are they able to do it in a very respectful way? Right. So. Obviously, you should be able to feel like you should be able to get the value that you command, but it is a negotiation and it has to be done in a respectful way. And, you know, for those of you who are like, oh, I just I mean, I really want this job. I don't really want to, like, rock the boat. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fine, too. I mean, if it's a really, really fantastic offer, it's more than you could ever want. You know, it's not. Bad to say, okay, I'm not going to go in and negotiate that. Um, you have to kind of weigh it from your own personal point of view. But there's always something that can be negotiated. If you're not going to negotiate money, maybe it's vacation days. Yep. Um, this is a really big one when you're going from like one company to the next. A lot of times, and this is the biggest contention point that I've ever seen, more than the money, is like when people lose their vacation yep. you know, or their personal time off and stuff like that. Make a little bit of an offer for vacation days. That's usually an e- easy yes unless there's something – set up that doesn't allow you to be able to do that. Or again, you're asking for a crazy amount of time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll tell a little bit of a of a story um, because when I was hiring a, a candidate in at P&G, he was coming from New York. So obviously, when you're coming from New York into Cincinnati, um, it's a little bit of a slightly different pay range, right? Slightly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's a lot of a different pay range because obviously the cost of living in New York is very different than the cost of living in Cincinnati. So two things actually happened with this candidate. One was um, even we got to the point we said, hey, we're going to probably give you an offer here. Um, It took a long time for the approval for the offer to come through. I mean, a way longer time than it should. To the point where I knew he was moving from New York in, back into Cincinnati, and he was counting on a job in Cincinnati, right? Mm-hmm. So I actually had to have a conversation with him like, listen, I really want this to come through. I'm not sure it's going to come through. So you need to go do what you need to go do. Um, so, I mean, it would be a shame for us to lose you. I mean, it would be horrible, but you got to do what you got to do. Great news for me is that a week later, the the actual offer was approved and I was able to go do that before he was able to go do anything. But what he came back and told me after he started was, I'm glad the fact that you told me that the fact that you were so transparent and honest about that made me want to work for you even more. Mm -hmm. And it added a ton of credibility to the type of person that I was and how I was going to be to work for. 
right? So that's one thing to kind of keep in mind is especially during that part of, you know, it's it's really hard for the candidate to sit and wait. I'm not saying that you should be like sharing all of the secrets of the business yeah. or sharing things you shouldn't be sharing, but being honest and transparent could be very helpful. And then the second part of the conversation actually came from the offer where he, when we gave him the offer, which was a very legit Cincinnati offer, he's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. And so we did a, a little bit of negotiation and we're able to, I'm not saying we're going to get, we gave him everything he wanted, but we're able to find a compromise that worked for both of us. But the very first thing I had to have a conversation with him about when he started and it started coming to the pay raise time, I was like, hey, listen, here's our pay curves and you Great thing is you negotiated really well, but the bad thing is you're outside the pay curve, so your yeah. next you know raise isn't going to be as outstanding as you want it to be. So I say all that to say, be careful what you ask for. You may get it, mm-hmm. but you may not know what the implications are inside the company. Yeah. Well, and I think the thing that you did there, and this is another thing that I think falls out of this point in the process, is you were very human about it, mm-hmm. right? You didn't let it get to the point where you knew he was wondering and you were not going to reach out because you didn't have an answer, right? You, I feel like you put yourself Especially in the position. Especially since we wanted the candidate, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and you put yourself in the position of what would I want in this circumstance? And I think that a lot of times because it's super uncomfortable, not everybody likes to talk about money. If you really want the job, it's hard to go back and ask for something. All of those different things. I think it automatically creates a lot of anxiety and tension. Mm-hmm. And then everybody is kind of thinking that they have to be ready for a fight, essentially, right? And it could and, really ruin the start. Of, and it could ruin the start, absolutely, I mean, on either side, yeah. absolutely. So I think that that's a really good example of maintaining a, well, a level head, but also just respect for the other person. And that transparency can go a really long way to say, look, again, it, this has nothing to do with you. We really want you here, but there are certain things that I have to wait on, and this is one where I'm not in control. Right, right, right. So just to recap, how to effectively evaluate candidates to get the right fit. Number one, count the resume as the first impression. How does the person show up? Remember, this is the first thing they're putting in front of you to communicate about them and who they are. Number two, conducting the first interview with the right mindset. This is not a check-the-box exercise. You must probe deeper. Number three, hiring is a team effort. Treat it as such. If you work with others, your opinion might be the deciding factor, but it's not the entire factor. And finally, number four, use the offer as a final confirmation. This might give you additional information on the person and your decision. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.